Hey, everybody. I'm C. I'm Jen. And you're listening to Tom Tit and Baobab. Welcome to Tom Titten Baobab, the New York Times Spelling Bee inspired podcast that's all about words, word games, and the word nerds who love them. See, you know what I've been thinking about a lot this week? COVID? Well, yeah, but no. <laughs> Try again. Uh, how to use waylay in a sentence? No, because that's easy. COVID tried to waylay me and it succeeded. Hmm. <laughs> all right, I give up. What have you been thinking about this week? I've been thinking about who would win in a fight between Ms. Pac-Man and Beatrice, the spelling bee mascot. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Is that another side effect of Paxlovid? <laughs> Garbage mouth and a weird obsession with game mascots. No, it is a side effect of reading my new favorite book, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Yeah, I told you it was a great book. It really is. And for those of you who haven't read it yet, video games are central to the entire story. And that's all I'm going to say because no spoilers. But it just got me thinking about all of the old games we used to play and how I kind of missed the whole gaming revolution that happened in the early 21st century. And I went straight from Ms. Pac-Man to Beatrice. What's funny is I love that book, but I don't care about video games whatsoever. <laughs> and I was really happy that I missed the whole gaming revolution that happened. <laughs> Though I did like Tetris. I'll give you Tetris. Yes, Tetris was good. And I also am not super sad that I missed all of the other game genres that have come out, like the shooters and the multiplayer Ugh. survival games and life simulation games and yeah, all of that stuff. I don't get anything about it. It sounds horrible. And why yeah. are we like wanting to shoot people? I, I don't know. I don't get it either. But that is why my original question focused on two non-shooting characters, Ms. Pac-Man versus Beatrice. Who would win? <laughs> That's not even a question. Like, I don't even understand, like, how you don't know who's going to win. What? In a what-off? A face-off. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought like you were thinking like, who could bite somebody's face off, which was also clear because <laughs> it's obviously Ms. Pac-Man. Like only one of them chumps. Hello? Yeah, but Beatrice can sting. Uh, sorry. Ms. Pac-Man chomps ghosts. <laughs> Beatrice <laughs> is like barely a character. You, this is like a, a ridiculous question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I don't know. I I'm... You do know. It's Ms. Pac-Man. <laughs> All right, I know. It's Ms. Pac-Man. You're right. All right, good try, Jen. <laughs> it was a very important question. I'm glad we've settled it. But can we move on and talk about something more significant? Like world peace? Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Too many ridiculous shooter games. <laughs> that is true. So I guess that only leaves one other thing worth talking about then. You're right. It's time for The Week in Bees. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we talk about the New York Times spelling bees from the previous week. Today, we're talking about bees starting Saturday, February 25th, and ending Friday, March 3rd. Jen, somehow, even though you were sick, you seem to have had an exceptionally good bee week. Do you think reading a novel about games and gamers inspired you to level up? I like your game references, and I like that you used two words from this week, novel and level. Mm -hmm. Um I have to say, I would like to take credit for it all, but I think this was just a really good B week. No, I disagree. I think the fact that you were sitting around and didn't have other crap to do <laughs> made a big difference because almost every day you're like, oh, this is so great. I'm like, what are you talking about? How have you even had a chance to look at it? Because I 
have been exceptionally busy like normal because I have no excuse. And let me tell you, I mean, I don't think it was a bad B week except for certain mm-hmm. days, but many of the days that you loved, I was like, what? It's just the same no, old crap. I the felt one, like it's different. One, well, I'll tell you one day. Okay. And that was actually a day where I did get B and it was a great day, which was Saturday, February 25th. Yeah. And the reason I love this B is because it had three weird pangrams. It did. It good, had lots good weird of pangrams. Yeah. Weird words. Wait, should There's we say only... what the pangrams were? Oh, sure. If you want, go for it. Attitudinal. Attitudinal. Longitudinal. Not true. Latitudinal. <laughs> I wrote longitudinal in my notes. Wait, let me try that again. <laughs> Maybe this is why I did so well on the V. I was just making up words. <laughs> latitudinal and altitudinal. Yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And latitudinal, I really wanted to use for the deep dive word this week. Okay. I really like latitude versus longitude. And it's one of these things that in school, did it ever because screw lat up is in school? Fat. No, because lat is fat. Well, oh, that's actually better than lat is ladder, which still confuses me because there's no, both. that doesn't make any sense. Well, it lat does. Is it's ladder. the rungs on the ladder. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Lat is fat and longe is long. Longe is long, I heard. But Jen, we went to school together. And why would you have different sayings than me? Because I was a better student than you and I listened better. Maybe, but I heard lat is ladder. <laughs> so, and so I was always a little confused. Like, I always feel like there's a good chance I get them mixed up. And now, you know, I teach. Do you think you will not get them mixed up now? I don't know, because now I teach Pilates, you know, yeah. and still like when you're thinking transverse versus flexion versus extension, like it's the same idea that you're talking about things moving in one plane, but being mm. crossed by a different plane. It's very mm. confusing to me. Yeah, that's confusing to yeah. me. But the inal suffix, which means relating to, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it's just very interesting. It's one that we don't see in the B a lot. We don't. And then it's interesting to think of relating to latitude for latitudinal mm-hmm. because Latitude, as you know, has two different meanings, right? It's like we've been talking about latitude mm-hmm. versus longitude, but you also right. like have latitude, right? Yes. But latitudinal but isn't that, isn't... is not related to that latitude. It's just the latitude and longitude latitude. Well, I don't even understand how you would use it in relationship to the other latitude. Well, I guess that's why it's not a real word, but... And also, isn't that latitude related? Because I think of like give someone latitude is like give them like exactly which is why i was thinking that if you used latitudinal you could use it in either sense but you can't i yeah you can't because i can't think of a way to say it in the other sense. well think of a way to say latitudinal in the first sense without really basically just saying the you know things Mm. about latitude so it's confusing no matter what but yeah anyway i thought it was interesting Yeah, Yeah, because we don't get that ending very often. Yeah, the only word I did not love that day was not to lie. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about that one. Yeah, what'd you think? That was my last word, and it took me a long time to get it. Because it's a ridiculous word? Like, it's kind of ridiculous, but I don't think it's as ridiculous as annuli, which appeared for the billionth time. Like... Is it just me or has he decided yeah. to put annuli in every puzzle now? I know. It really is funny. Well, that's so Nautil, Nautilus, and we should say right. what a Nautilus is and part of why I think this is ridiculous. So Nautilus is a word I know, and I assume mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know why you know it. I'm just going to tell you why I know it. Okay. It's like a word that's in every like resort destination. <laughs> 
if you go on like a uh, cruise ship half the time it's the nautilus right so honestly i didn't even really know what it was but you know you know the word nautilus like that's a word i feel like i know it from the beach well okay it's like a beachy word it's a beachy word but what nautilus actually means really is a very specific kind of mollusk Okay. It's the, it's the kind of like round shelled pearl inside mollusk. Okay. So that's pretty. Isn't it it like the, the twisty kind? Exactly. Very nice. Like it. But again, like, did we really know that was the definition of Nautilus? I I actually didn't know that was Nautilus. Okay. Well, I'm glad you did. But when I just asked you, you were talking (laughs) about the beach. So hmm. anyway, it's a beach thing. It's a beachy thing. But my point being, it's a very specific kind of word. Then to know that Nautilus would never be in the B because there's S's. Well, that's the plural of Nautilus, which is really Nautilus's would also not be in the B. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the same thing that's true of annual analysts. Wait, how do you pronounce it? Annulus. So it's fine. But we, if we're going to be cranky uh, yeah. annuli, we should be cranky annuli. I guess my point is it's a little bit of a jerk word. Now that I know it, fine. Mm. I've got it. I got it every time. Yeah. But just like annuli doesn't annoy me anymore because now I got it. I'm still mm. like, eh. If you're walking into the B and you've never done the B, you'd be like, what the hey? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's probably true. Although I, I feel less bad about it than annuli because I know what a nautilus is, or at least yes, in some a conception, is and I didn't ever word. know what annulus was had until you ever, I looked it up. Ever thought about nautili? And no, I had not ever thought of nautili. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right, but <laughs> a word that I really liked from that day, undulant. Undulant. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great word. Because it sounds like what it is, you know? Yeah. Undulating. I'm undulating. I'm with you. And along the same lines, there was a word that did not count that really should have counted, which is eulolent. Uh, I'm mad about it every time. I'm mad that there's no ulula and no ululent. Well, there is and you, both there has been uulate. Uulate, yes. but there's no ulula, no. ululent. No. Both of those annoy, annoy yeah, me. Yeah, because that's a good word too. Uulent. <laughs> ululent. I'm totally with you. And it makes no sense to me why that wouldn't be there, especially since ululate is yeah, there. right? But. I agree. And one more word from that day that I thought was really interesting is unlaid. Mm -hmm. You want to know why I think it's interesting? I do. Because you think that you know what unlaid means. Do you know what unlaid means? Yeah, I thought it meant like unput down. What does it mean? No, it means to untwist the strands of something, like to unlay a rope. Really? I didn't know you could lay a rope. I didn't know that either. I don't know if you mm-hmm. can, but now I know that you can unlay it. What do I say? That's what I say. Did that come through? <laughs> well, actually, the only reason I looked it up is because I was like, unlaid. Shouldn't unlaid right. be a word if unlaid right. is a word? You were complaining. Right. Yes. I complained. And then I looked it up and I was like, I, I mean, I still think maybe unlaid should be a word because <laughs> it's a verb, but like an unlaid rope. But I had no idea that's what it meant. Okay. That's interesting. Weird. While we're complaining, Mm there is one word of the entire week that I think maybe annoyed me more than any other word. And this is a word you said you got. (laughs) And I was like, seriously, why would you even guess this word? Because I mean, I think actually I'm surprised Mm -hmm. I didn't guess it. I think I didn't because I found it insulting. And that would be drawly. Oh, that's 
that's not the one I thought you were gonna no, say. I'm saying drawly. <laughs> drawly. Yeah, no, I think that's a silly word. It's more than silly. It's insulting. I did get it, but that's it's not silly. a word. That is a ridiculous because word. It's drawly. I'm talking drawly. Like what? How would you use drawly. that? I would never. That's how you're supposed to use, use it. it, like in reference to a draw. No, no. I want you to use it in a sentence, and then I'm gonna edit that He's sentence in about half a second and tell you that you sounded like a cowboy. No, no. If if you if you got uh somebody writing you an essay that said his drawly talk, <laughs> you would say nope, restate, right? I probably say that's a really we both taught college word. kids. Can out. you believe we both taught college kids? <laughs> I'm sorry. <Yeah. laughs> and guess what? They probably wouldn't write a word as hard as draw. Hey, so, I taught anyway. I taught writing to college students. Even worse, probably. And yes, I probably would have said, please find a different word. Or just say you talk in a yeah, draw. You speak like, in a the... draw. I, that's what I would say. So uh. <laughs> drawly was a very silly word. There's another kind of silly word that I really wanted to be there, which is rawr. <laughs> that's just because you like going rawr. <laughs> R-A-W-R. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> so the word that I thought you were going to say was nouvelle. Oh, nouvelle. So... Nouvelle did not make me angry. It is the word that took me the longest to get mm. that day. And this is Sunday, um, 226. Yes. Like I had all the words and then I didn't have one. And I was like, what could the word be? And then all of a sudden it came to me. So A, I was happy because it suddenly came to me. And yeah. that doesn't always happen with a weird word like that. And also I know the word. Now my yeah. mother was like, that's French. That's a stupid word. You seem to have gotten it without thinking too hard, Jen. Which no, is... I think it was. I think it was one of my last words, if not my last word. Do you think it's a problem? No, I kind of like it. But I mean, this, should it be counting? I don't know, because like I kind of agree with my mother, who said it's used in Nouvelle cuisine, and that's it, and it's French. But in so the dictionary, stupid. it's also used to just mean like fashionable or trendy by itself. Uh, so really, yeah. So it's not only used with cuisine yeah. yeah so i don't know i like I, there's something i like about it yeah. it seems sophisticated it seems that way <laughs> it's more sophisticated than uh, <laughs> well, that's why i like rawr better can i say on um wednesday the first of march mm -hmm. i tried gunking like really a thousand oh times my gosh, and i know too. this is not the first time that it's not been in there but mm -hmm. it's still drives me crazy along with ingoing which also drives me crazy but yeah. gunking i don't really understand like you gunk things up i'm gunking it up like yeah. why are we even having an argument about that like i have no idea you're gonna count all the other ing words but not gunking like huh? i did the same thing i kept putting it in like what what right no. Well, it's especially still not a word. I was missing oinking at the end. Like, I just oh, could not find oinking. One. It is a good I one. I really but, like, liked the words that day, though. Yeah, no. Oinking, kinking, knowing, wigging, wooing. I mean, there were just I so many it, good though, words. I liked it, though, the ING, like, gets old. The thing that made that ING day a little bit better for me, so that it didn't feel as repetitive, is that a lot of the words you couldn't use by themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. without the ing. I'm so I find it really annoying when it's like you have the regular form and then you have the ing form and then right. you have the regular form and you have the ing form. That Agreed. one at least like lots of just ings. And the word that I really liked that day, which I spelled wrong about 50,000 times and finally yeah. had to look up how to spell because I was like, I know this is a word and I'm just spelling it wrong is kinko. Yes. And I told you it was funny because so Gus got that word too. And he was like, hey, mom, Ginkgo's in here. And he was all excited, right? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. my mom wrote to me and you and said, oh, like it took me forever to get that tree or something. 
And I was like, what's she talking about? And then you wrote, oh, it's hard to spell. So then I look it up and I was like, oh my God, I never would have spelled it right. Like I have zero idea <laughs> I how didn't he spell it, it right. right. <laughs> I wonder if I haven't asked him and I'm curious. <laughs> I have really mixed feelings about the word ginkgo. What? How could you have any mixed feelings? Ginkgo? No, 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 not not about like the not about the beat. It's totally 100% a word. I, a, I like it as ginkgo. a word. Yeah. It's fun. Yes. It's ginkgo. Well, because you know ginkgos smell yes. really terrible. I know. That's what's great about them. They're so funny. Right. Well, <laughs> Yeah, they're like the worst smelling tree on yeah, the planet. And they're all over the place, like in Philadelphia at a certain time of year. It's great. Exactly. And that's what I was just going to say. So I went to nursery school in West Philly and the street that my nursery school was on must have been lined with ginkgo trees because... When I think about nursery school, one of my like predominant memories is like walking down this street going, oh my God, it smells so bad. I, I don't think it. I said, oh my God. But, uh, wait, like, you wouldn't have you said, know, oh my God, or were you too cool to say? When I was like four? Yeah. I don't think, I think so. I said, oh my God, all the time. Was that like a minister thing that you wouldn't say? Oh my God. <laughs> no, my dad said, oh my God, all the time. <laughs> lordy, lordy. All right. Any other like last minute things you got to talk about Wait, before we yeah. move on? There was something I wanted to talk All about. Right, go for it. On Tuesday, 228, <laughs> yes. Drib and Drab Love were it. in the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Drib Drab. Well, I looked up Drib Drab because I was like, can't you make it one word? And Which you can't. You can't because it's okay. dribs and drabs. Right. And that led me to looking up what drab means. Do you know right. what the primary definition of drab is? I just assume drab is like dull. Yeah, it's like else? the fifth definition. Really? In Merriam-Webster, the first definition of drab is slattern. The second definition is prostitute. Hmm. The third definition is a verb form, which is to associate with prostitutes. Hmm. To drab. Then you get a textile or something that's dull or lifeless interesting and like the very last definition is a small amount used in the phrase dribs and drabs interesting no i did not know that thank you weird right so don't ever call anybody a drab unless Unless they are a prostitute (laughs) yeah and like they like being one which you know some people some people like associating with prostitutes so there we go yeah all right but they might not like the word drab. maybe not i don't know i don't know whether it's like a derogatory use of it or not Mm. but I'm just saying, like, don't accidentally call somebody. Okay, a drab. I will. I don't. Well, you never call somebody a drab. You say they're clothing. You say drab clothing. You could say you're so drab. No, you don't. You say they have. It's an adjective. Drab clothing. That's true. And actually, if you said you're so drab, it wouldn't mean prostitute. Oh, okay. Or slattern. Oh, good. Which is a weird. I like word, slattern. slattern. I think that's kind of a cool word. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all that. I have this round. Do you have anything else to say about the week, C? Yeah, I got two words. Nope, nada. <laughs> well played. Two words from this week again. Can yeah. you get us down to a single word? Yes, of course I can. It's time for the one and the only, the word of the week. This is the part of the show where we delve into the meaning, origin, or usage of one word from the previous week's puzzles. We take turns choosing and researching the word and then wowing each other with our findings. See, what's the winning word today? I was trying to get in as many words from this week as I could. Very nice. Thank you. Well, today's deep dive word is kind of weird, actually. Like, it looks (laughs) really strange. You might say that it looks... Awkward. Yes, (laughs) awkward. You know, 
that it's one of the only English words with WKW in the middle of it? I did not know that. But yeah. now that you're saying it, I cannot think of another one. Yeah. The only other one that like came up in something I was reading is hawkweed, which is an English hawkweed. wildflower. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But in that case, though, it's actually part of a compound. So it doesn't really count. Yeah, right. Awkward is super awkward. 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 Yeah. You're right. And so um, I got that thing about hawkweed from mm -hmm. a really good article in Grammar Phobia okay. called The Awkwardness of Awkward. Mm. This was on September 21st, 2016. And a lot of what I say comes from there okay. or comes from Etymology Online or from Merriam-Webster. So just okay. putting out all my sources Thank right you. off the bat. Appreciate it. Okay. So Awkward. Yes. Not only is an awkward word like WKW awkward, mm -hmm. it's also awkward because it means a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wait, I didn't even know. I thought awkward only meant awkward. Well, okay. So when you say <laughs> that, what does that mean to you? It means like sort of off in a way. Yeah. Like if I think of awkward, I think middle school, right? Like that yeah. is or middle really school bad is sense awkward. Or yeah. All right. So all the definitions of awkward, which we're going to talk about in the in this discussion are adjectives. But awkward started as both an adverb and an adjective. Without the L-Y? If you think of adverbs that sound like awkward, how about forward and backward, right? Right. Okay, and yeah. you think like, well, that's the same yeah. suffix. So Is it related to wayward? I was just thinking that because we word was a word this week. Well, let's get into this a little bit. Okay. So it started off in the mid 14th century mm -hmm. as an adverb that meant in the wrong direction. <laughs> okay, so huh. awk, A-W-K is backhanded. Uh -huh. And then the adverbial suffix word means, you know, to move, uh -huh. right? Just like moving forward, moving forward. backward. This also forward. meant awkward. basically moving in the wrong direction. I love that. Yeah. The first known writing of awkward is from a Middle English poem, Prick of Conscience from 1340, mm -hmm. world by all awkward set. You see awkward is an adverb modifying uh -huh. the verb set right? Yes. Turning the world backwards. All right. But now, as you realize, the adverbial form of awkward is awkwardly, which was our pangram that day, That's right? That's correct. But awkward now is just an adjective. So when does it switch from an adverb to an adjective? Well, in the uh, very early 1500s, awkward becomes an adjective, meaning turned the wrong way, uh -huh. averted, backhanded, not straightforward, oblique. Okay. okay. So that's in the OED. Okay. Very soon after that, awkward starts being used as clumsy. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, lacking ease or grace. Yeah. Or even if you really think of it, Awkward writing is really clumsy writing. Clumsy. Right? Lacking ease or grace. Okay. Yep. So that shows up. And then the meanings just start ballooning from there. In the early 1600s, Shakespeare uses awkward to describe an ungraceful or uncouth action. Mm -hmm. In 1665, okay. awkward's used to describe an ungainly person, the most awkward man I ever met. And then since then, the adjective has been used to describe, among other things, mm -hmm. embarrassing or inconvenient actions and situations. That's 1709. Oh, yeah. Like, that's awkward. Uh -huh. Isn't it that from SpongeBob? Awkward. <laughs> embarrassed or ill at ease people, 1713. A difficult action, 1860, and someone who's difficult or dangerous to deal with, 1863, as in an awkward customer. Oh. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So if you look at Merriam-Webster, they have this really fun part at the end called choose the right synonym for awkward. Ooh. So here uh -huh. are synonyms of awkward, clumsy, mm -hmm. maladroit, inept, mm -hmm. gauche, but all of these mean like different things, right? Yes. So you can have 
awkward silence, right? Periods of awkward silence. In which case it means kind of uncomfortable. Right, exactly. If you're saying clumsy, it's more stiffness and heaviness, right? Like a clumsy mechanic. Mm -hmm. Maladroit would be a tendency to create awkward situations. Mm -hmm. A maladroit mm -hmm. politician. Inept is someone who's a complete failure. Right. Right. And gauche implies the effects of shyness, inexperience, or ill breeding. Felt gauche and unsophisticated at formal parties. Hmm. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I like it a lot. You know, I never really thought about awkward as having all of those different nuances to it. Right, but, but you use every, them all. Yeah, and every definition that you gave of it, like you can see where it came from right, that original more meaning. And more and more backwards. And I, <laughs> I really like, I want to use that original meaning be, because as somebody who very often goes in the wrong direction, <laughs> I feel that I'm awkward. <laughs> it's true. If you could just say, uh, which way to go? I don't know. You know, I'm awkward. <laughs> exactly. You're like, you know, how we were at the museum the other week and you'd be like, turn left. And then you'd be like, no, left, left, yes. left. You could have just said awkward. <laughs> All right. Well, I we mean, can start so trying to bring it back. So many good uses of awkward. We should Absolutely. totally bring it back. I love it. Absolutely. So that one, is see. the word of the week. That was not awkward at all. That was Thank awesome. You. you know what else won't be awkward? The wild card. That was a cat bar. Excellent. <laughs> see, tell me if you ever do this. Sometimes when I'm trying to play a complicated video game, I just hit all of the buttons as fast and as hard as I can. And I hope that I don't get killed and I get a lot of points. I like how you're sticking with this um, video game theme. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really not a good strategy, which kind of shows that you don't actually play complicated video games. And what does any of this have to do with the wild card? I have once or twice played a complicated video game and that is my strategy. And I feel like that's kind of what the wild card is. We just try a bunch of stuff and then we hope that something good happens. I'm still not sure that's a good strategy. But it's fun, right? <laughs> yes, very fun. Especially when housekeeping is involved and I am not the one doing it all. That's right, folks. For today's wild card, we're housekeeping. If you listen to season two, episode nine, one fat episode, you already know what housekeeping is. But if you didn't listen to that episode. Wait, Jen, stop for a sec. Yeah. Who wouldn't have listened to that episode? That's the episode that we learned about fly phalli. How could anyone not listen to that episode? Files of fly phalli. That is classic TNB. It is. Go listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it because you are missing out on the fly phalli. Mm. And also you don't know what housekeeping is. So really quick, <laughs> housekeeping is when we go back and we try to answer questions that we swept under the rug in previous episodes. So here's an example. The first time we did housekeeping, Cecilia asked. Bobblehead. Real word? And today, see, I have an answer for you. And that is that bobblehead is a word. Most definitely. Excellent. It's in Merriam-Webster, a doll having a head that makes repeated bobbing movements when touched or moved. Well, that is the definition of a bobblehead. I have lots exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> My point is it's in the dictionary. However... It has never appeared in the bee, ah, which interesting. I think is kind of weird because... Could it have appeared in the bee? I think it would have been a pangram, ah, right? Isn't there, really? Aren't there seven unique letters? B-O-L-E-H-A-D, yeah. It would be like the best pangram ever. How could he not have used that? Come on, Sam. What if it's like the pangram tomorrow? Ooh, do, do, do. Bubblehead. <laughs> oh my God. If you do it next week, Sam, extra, extra TNB points. Yeah, All right. I like it. 
Speaking of Bob's, just last week, you asked me to see if Bob, my husband, knows what name tape is. I did ask you that. I looked up name tape. It's primarily used for like military uniforms. Yeah. Okay. Again, BS. So I bet Bob knows what name tape is. The point is, once you look it up, once you look it up, you're like, yeah, I get what that is, but it's not really something that anyone talks about, as opposed to dive bomb, which like everybody knows dive bomb. It's fun to think about dive bombing. It's not fun (laughs) to think about dive bombing. Dive bombing is terrible. Oh my god. Hey, ask Bob if he knows what name tape is. Okay, so I asked him, hey, Bob, do you know what name tape is? And let me give you a dramatic reading. Ooh, I love a dramatic reading. Yeah, I have it at home in a shoebox with other military stuff. <laughs> do you want some? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a weird, like you were trying to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> name tape. It's pretty yeah, much I have it describing our uh, family. <laughs> I um, do not Bob know. doesn't sound if... anything like that, by the way. No, he doesn't. But I was trying to be traumatic. Yeah, okay. yeah so, but you're right. He does apparently have name tapes sitting around with his Hit military stuff. <laughs> oh, Thank my you God. For right, what else Bob? we got? Well, earlier this season, we were wondering about whether the word tenting was British. Okay. And since we didn't know, we asked our English-born guest, Simon Sinek. And this didn't make it into the show, but here's how that conversation went. This week in the B, the word tenting appeared. Now, uh, I'm I, okay with that. Okay. What do you think tenting means? Um, putting up a tent. Huh. Okay. Do I you know thought, it is a British word? Is it a British word? As a, as a matter of strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you always I, pick always, the I will, if there's an ED or ING yes. in the puzzle, I'll just add ED and ING to everything. Right. And so yes. I didn't know to tent was a verb, but now that it is, I mean, tenting is a gerund, but you know. Well, uh, you also tent your fingers over things. You well, tent and paper that's what over Cecilia things. Told that's what me, I said. Yes. I said it was a silly word. Cecilia said, will you tent your fingers? You tent a piece of paper. And that I got. But the dictionary definition of it is to stay in a tent. Which, as someone who stays in a tent often, is not true. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which we call camping. So we yeah. thought maybe we thought maybe the British way of saying that nah, was that tenting. Seems, that's now I have a problem with the English dictionary. So uh, <laughs> well, it's like I, I prefer to hotel. I'm hoteling on my yeah. vacation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, shortly after that episode aired, I got a text from my cousin about tenting at Duke University. So I started digging into it, and I found out that tenting also has 10 million definitions. Hmm. So tenting is apparently this ritual at Duke that people set up tents along the pathway to the stadium before basketball games, and it lasts for like weeks on end, and it's cold out, and people freeze and drink a lot in tents, and that's tenting. Okay, cool. Well, it wasn't cool. It sounded terrible. Oh. No offense to Duke people. But then- People like to be out in tents. Hey, my son is about to go camping. Tenting. He's so, about yeah. to go tenting. He could go. Actually, he's about to go cardboard camping. Well, but anyway, if he ahead. was actually in England, he could go hot Ooh, tenting. Oh, it's hot tenting. Hot tenting is when hot you have a tent tenting. that is designed to hold a wood-burning stove. Mm. Then there's tenting in Canada, which is a lot like glamping. 
There's a company called Tenting in Luxury. I've been tenting in Canada. It is wonderful. I bet you weren't hot tenting in Canada. No, I was happily tenting in Canada. <laughs> I, also, I also found out there was a popular American song from the Civil War written in 1863 called Tenting on the Old Campground. Tenting on the Old Campground. I think that might actually be how it goes. Of course it would be. How could it not? <laughs> so there's that, tenting. I find it interesting that you're so interested in tenting, given that you do not tent. Well, <laughs> the one who does I might have, like, listen, okay, I, I might it. have been tenting in this sense and didn't know it. Tenting is a process that is involved in dental implants and guided bone regeneration. Ah. I recently had guided bone regeneration. So now I'm going to have to ask my periodontist if there was tenting involved. All right, good. Termite tenting is when they place a tent over your house to fumigate it. And last but not least, according to the APA, Dictionary of Psychology and Sexologists Everywhere, Sexologists. is one of several key stages of arousal, yes. and it refers to the lengthening and expansion of the vaginal tube. Oh, wait, you were going a totally different way than I was thinking. I was thinking about <laughs> like what happens to people's pants. So. <laughs> Somebody did use that too, but that's, that's slang. That's not in the APA Dictionary of Psychology. Oh, what is their problem? <laughs> But who knew? Who knew? So many definitions of tenting. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So it turns out we were sort of wrong about tenting because you can use it in tons of different ways. We were also wrong about another word that episode, novelette. Here's what we said. Do you think Sam has any resolutions for the B in the new year? I think one of his resolutions was to up his quota of trash words. Oh my God. Seriously. Photog Ugh. or non-art? Non-art. Come on, Sam. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Boodle. Mm -hmm. Novelette. Ugh. It's a novella. What is he thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So soon after that episode aired, we received a message from our good bee friend, William Shun. And Bill told us, quote, let me see if I can do a Cecilia dramatic reading. Work on it. I have to take exception with your taking exception <laughs> with the word novelette. <laughs> Bill sounds so much better than He that. does. And he's but not your husband, so you might want to be nicer to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my best. That was supposed to be a good voice, Bill. And Bill pointed out that he has some expertise in the realm of novelettes because he was shortlisted for the Nebula Award for both Best Novelette and Best Novella. Go, so, Bill. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, while there is no standard across publishing for what a novelette is versus a novella, in sci-fi publishing, there are very strict rules about what makes up each. And there's a word count. So, C, you have never been shortlisted for a sci-fi writing Definitely award. Definitely not. That I know of. Nope. But you did not seem to be convinced by Bill's argument. So why not? Well, I guess the idea is like that you think there's something between a short story and a novella. And I would think that the argument would be like, do you have chapters or not? Like a short story mm. does not have chapters. A novella does. I'm not entirely sure why we need the novelette. Do you see what I'm saying? Maybe a novelette is a novella without chapters. Then it's a short story. It's just a long, short story. And I've read long, short stories. This is my opinion. I understand that it's my opinion based <laughs> on very little. It's just my opinion. I don't think it makes any sense. Okay. Well, now you really probably won't ever win a Nebula Award. I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be true. So, <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the subject of Bill, we do have another housekeeping item. Back in season two, episode one, Poopy Grandpapa, we ran the first half of our interview with Bill. 
during which we asked him to make us a mixtape. The first time we did housekeeping, we followed up. C, has Bill sent you a mixtape? No mixtape, Jen. Or a Spotify list? No Spotify list, Bill, Jen. Bill, where are oh. you? <laughs> <laughs> you owe us he... a mixtape slash Spotify list. And then we waited a bit because Bill was in the process of moving across the country. And then I nudged Bill because I'm a producer and we're annoying like that. And Bill sent his playlist. And it it's awesome. So Bill's playlist is super awesome. It tells a story through its titles and it starts with Alphabet Insanity. And then he goes on to Can't Find the Words. And then there's Amazing by Aerosmith, which is a song I love. <laughs> because and then he you gets love into, Aerosmith. Yes. And then he gets to a song called Pangram. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that there's a song called pangram right it's pretty amazing yeah and then he ends up with alphabet insanity too it just we're gonna share this online because i think it's excellent so you know when somebody makes when somebody makes you a mixtape you're supposed to make one back i made mine first which i will also share but is not nearly as narratively sophisticated Mm. and you know what's interesting so bill i think had like 26 oh did he have 26 things on his playlist was that on purpose because of the alphabet. You just got that? Bill gets smarter and smarter. And I think I had like a half of that on my playlist. And we only had one song in common. And the song was? Queen Bee by Rochelle Diamante. Nice. Yeah. All right, Jen, you have about a hundred other things on this housekeeping list, but I think we only have time for one more right now. And you did promise the last time we did this that you were going to tell me about pirate talk. Come on, landlubber. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. In season two, episode six, Welcome to the Familect, we had this exchange. So um, we're talking about a tricorn hat, which is like a pirate hat, has three, yes. three uh, parts. And it was like probably 11 o'clock at night. And of course, I ran into Gus's room and woke him up and said, hey, Gus, I got feet. <laughs> You should have said, hey, Gus, arg, matey. Uh, You know, that actually did make me think, though, about pirate talk. Really? Yes. I was thinking about this while I was walking Keats the other day. Like, where, why is that pirate talk? What, arg? Yeah. Well, because they are from, like, a class of people that- Say arg? uh, Maybe yes. like it, there's no there's a very specific like, lexicon and cadence to pirate speak and where well, did that come like, from i was gonna say that it's like uh i mean it's not irish i don't think irish people are pirates but you get the idea yeah, it's like I don't, this don't you wonder and then i was right? thinking of like pirate terms like shiver me timbers and i was like right. where does that come from is that stuff I that pirates actually like... said or is it from literature about pirates So it turns out, although you laughingly said that it sounds Irish, you were not completely off on that. And I was not completely off either when I suggested that pirate talk was an invention of popular culture. It turns out that a lot of pirate phrases go back to literature of the late 1700s and the 1800s. Perfect example is shiver me timbers. Shiver me timbers appears in print as early as 1795 in a manuscript extract that has an old sailor saying, peace, shiver my timbers. What a noise ye make, 
Ye seem to be fonder of peace than ye be of quiet. Very nice. Good, good dramatic reading. I'm going to say. Thank you. I tried. So <laughs> shiver me timbers or shiver my timbers is a phrase that was popularized in fiction about pirates and most famously by Long John Silver in Treasure Island. And of course, the guy who owns, you know, fast food restaurants. <laughs> yeah. John Silver, that's right. I forgot Long about John that Silver. restaurant. I don't know. I assume they're still around, right? I don't think they're around anymore. I have no I idea. I bet they are. All right, go ahead. All right, yeah. that's Put for that another housekeeping house. <laughs> And then we'll take a road trip to one. Oh, what oh what that would we be eat? great. What would we eat at Long John Silver? Is Long John Silver the place that had hush puppies? Oh, I love hush puppies. We could eat hush puppies if that's where it was. <gasps> oh, my God. Can I just tell you real quick? Yeah. Totally still open. Has been around for 50 years. Oh, there is hush puppies. There's fries and there's hush puppies and green Ooh, beans. We could Jen. totally eat. We could have a feast. And there is dessert, but it's only strawberry swirl cheesecake. All right, we're going. Where's the closest one? Hold on. There's one in Maryland outside of Annapolis. There's actually a bunch of them that look like they're around here. What? Yeah, man, they're all over me. There's one in Baltimore. All right. Hold on, I'm we're getting going. to Philadelphia. Aren't you guys all excited about this now? <laughs> oh my God, there's tons this of them in PA. such a huge diversion, really? A lot of them are... Either with Taco Bell or KFC, which mm. I say no. We have to no. go to a pure. If, yeah, John, we're going to a pure Long John, Long John Silver when we go. 631 locations as of November 4th, wow. 2021. That is amazing. And is that all the info you ever want? Totally, I don't even know what to say about pirate speak anymore. Shiver Sorry. me timbers. That's a lot of Long John Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Sorry. Back to the main thing. Are we still talking about pirates? <laughs> We're talking about shiver me timbers. So that phrase comes from fiction. Right. But a lot of what we call you know, pirate talk or pirate speak is based on actual nautical slang. So the timbers were the wooden support frames of a, of a sailing ship. And when you were on a ah. rough sea, the boat got slammed down. Yeah. And the timbers shivered. So it was like, uh, they would say timbers or my timbers. Um, they also used shiver my in a whole bunch yeah. of other different ways. So like shiver my Hulk Wait, or which, uh, shiver that, my soul. What is shiver my Hulk? I think a Hulk like a boat. A hole. There's a Hulk? Oh, there's a hole. Shiver my Hulk. It's like the um, the Hulk. I fo- That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking of. And I'm very curious. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Shiver my Hulk. But shiver my Hulk, shiver my sides. <laughs> like, there are all these oh different variations. God. And the reason they say my instead of me is that was like a British regional accent. Uh, the way that we actually like imagine how pirates speak cadence and the rhythm and all of this, these phrases and also how pirates looked and mm-hmm. acted is really shaped by a single individual. There are two articles, Why Do Pirates Talk Like That and Talk Like a Pirate Day, Not Even Pirates Spoke Pirate. Those are the two articles I'm going to refer to. One of them features a linguist and the other one a historian, and they both point to Robert Newton, who was the person who played the main character in the movie Treasure Island and the movie Blackbeard the Pirate and Long John Silver. So all these like 1950s pirate movies. And he was a native of the West Country, which is the southwest corner of England. And so he used an exaggerated version of his own dialect. And the linguist in the first article points out that the West Country in England did have a long tradition of seafaring and that Blackbeard, the actual pirate Blackbeard, was from there. 
So it's possible that this really is how some pirates sounded. Cool. But then the historian in the other article also points out that in the golden age of piracy, which is the early 18th century, there were also a large number of pirates who were Scots, Irish, African, and French, as well as Dutch, Swedish, and Danish. So he says... Everywhere? <laughs> he says maybe that's not the way that all pirates talk. But if you would like to talk more like a pirate, September 19th is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Excellent. Hopefully we're taping that day and we can talk pirate, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's the day we go to Long John Silver's, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Let's do it. And that's it for this episode of Tom Titt and Baobab. Thanks for being with us and arguing with us. We hope Arr. you'll do it again next week. We drop a new episode every Monday. Until then, be in touch. You can find us on Mastodon, Counter Social, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also email us at tomtittenbaobab at gmail.com. We want to know all about the bees you like, bees you hate, words you missed, words you'd like to know about, and who you think would win in a Ms. Pac-Man Beatrice showdown. Or you can just tell Jen that that's a ridiculous question, <laughs> especially... <laughs> When you're sending us your B playlists. Yes, send us your B playlists. And if TMB is music to your ears, uh, remember to subscribe and leave a review. That's how other word nerds, B players, and game fans find us. Be well, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.